Grain to Glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Mound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. So, Miles, what beer-related things have you done this past week? Uh, actually, I don't think I've really done much. Really? No. Uh, I will say today we're scheduled to put the cherries into the Belgian golden ale okay. for Chad's wedding beers. Very cool. Uh, I don't know if I'll be going there for that. It's just kind of a little out of my way to put cherries, cherries in the Cherries in the thing, yeah. yeah. Um, ooh, yes, I've been experimenting with my whole heated mash tun setup. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so I got everything set up, all the, you know, all the things fit and, and whatnot, but everything leaks. Everything leaks? Everything leaks. So that's a bummer. So I spent uh, a couple of days trying or getting some things, and I am trying to make use of my food safe, aquarium safe, high temperature silicone sealant, and trying to give everything a nice touch up in the leaking department. Yeah, because leaking mash tons are not a good thing. Leaking mash tons are not a good thing. Not at all. I will say I was uh, I was certainly glad I took advantage right away. My Heating element mm-hmm. is literally just like a water heater element that I plugged in right through the side oh, of the okay. fermenter wall, and I it was just like loose connectors just jacked right into the side, and I'm like, this doesn't feel safe. Not at all. So I gave it about 10 layers of electrical tape, and then even right around the edge, I gave that its own little okay. silicone seal, because I figured even if it does leak... It, I'm, I'm gonna make sure it's safe. Yeah, I, I was assuming it wasn't going to, but on the off chance, I, I sealed that up right away, and it did leak, and nothing burned down. Hey, so that's uh, the good. apartment building is still standing. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, so, if I'm lucky, I might even get that tested out uh, today before work. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so that that's what I've been doing. Uh, other than that, I think I met you at Pitchfork Yeah, yesterday. for their second anniversary party, yes. which was very cool. You were there longer than I was. Why don't you give us a little... Oh, man, I don't know when I left. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, so uh, it was their Pitchfork's their second anniversary party, and they do festivals right. Uh, I really like the way that they, they do events at their at their space. They, have, they, uh, they block off like the back parking lot. Uh, between the two lots or whatever. So there's a nice big area. Um, they have tables, live music at every one. Yep, and, I enjoyed the music too. And free food. And free food. And free food. Uh, this this year uh, they had a 300-pound pig that they smoked. Did you take pictures? Oh, uh, yes. We posted one on the Facebook page. Okay, good. Yep. My girlfriend wanted, or my fiancé wanted to see that. We left before the pig got opened. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, and it was, Carlos took some pictures as they were, like, chopping it up, and um, I found that if you, uh, if you talk to the right person, uh, you get ribs. How were they? Amazing. Oh, and, like, so, I mean, we're, we're a couple beers in, and we're just gobbling pork. <laughs> I'm so just, jealous. Just so much, because they're like, hey, we're not going to be able to eat all this, just keep going through the line if you want more. 
okay. <laughs> so we wait. Uh, we we had a table like that was closest to the pig. Yeah. And so we just wait for the line to kind of like get low, and then we'll hop back in. And then uh, like I see a guy with a with a meat cleaver, and he's like going to town on the pig. And I'm like, oh man, ribs. Those are ribs. I want those ribs. And I'm like, hey guy, can I have some of those ribs? And he's like, what? You want you want some of these ribs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there an apple in the pig's mouth? I did not look. Uh, that that would have made my day if there was an apple. If there was an food. apple, yeah, yeah. But you know, he he uh, he smoked. He started smoking it the previous night at like six or seven o'clock. Oh my! God. And it didn't didn't get done until I, well, I don't know. It was after you left. So yeah, we left pretty pretty quickly. It was really really windy, and we had an agenda for the day. Mm. Uh, wedding things kind of trump beer things these days. I know. You need to get your priorities straight, man. I know. You have a beer show. Hey, we both showed up, so I got that going. There, There me, is that. There which is, is nice. That. Uh, but yeah, no, it, the beers were phenomenal. Uh, the specials that they had were um, a smash IPA on raspberries. Yep, the freaking. Which, which was very raspberry you know, and I had a chance to try it, and I, I skipped it. I really? Didn't, I didn't. Um, raspberry IPA is something I feel you have to be in the mood for. Yeah. And I was not it, in the Like, mood it wasn't bad. It. it was just too much raspberry for the day. Uh, I was, I was uh, with all the wind and the chill and stuff, it was a malty day. It was a very blustery day. Yeah. So I stuck with the French toast ale. Which is what I got to the, try. the thistle Scottish ale. And I felt a little cheated because because of the event being outside and I didn't have my own glass, which I was told to bring and somehow forgot within the next six minutes. <laughs> uh, I, I got to try it out of a plastic uh, cup. solo cup. Yep. And, well, sugar, sugar doesn't, doesn't stick, stick to the rim of a plastic well. cup. Yeah. And he was generous enough to make sure that I was topped off mm-hmm. so that I had a nice full cup. But that just meant that he had to pour some out, which took half of the, half half of the, of the sugar, sugar I already didn't well, have. So part of that was, like with the sugar, the downside was your glass was sticky for the rest of the day. I suppose. I suppose. I only stayed for one, so I didn't get to experience yeah. that. But I did get to try the French toast ale, and I thought it was fantastic. It was very I good. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, it was it was a good day. Then came back into the show. So. Uh, did you do any other beer-related things this past week? This past week? Not really. I'm getting ready to uh, bottle our Berliner uh, in the next week or so. Um, and then at least my half of it. And then... Uh, I need to start planning my next bruise, trying to figure some stuff out. I got to get, I just got to go through and clean some stuff and just figure out what I actually have left. Yeah. Then Eric wants us to start looking at getting the keg bottled in the relative near future. Oh, the, yeah. The the stoot. The stoot. Yeah, no, we got to, we got to taste that uh, this week. Yes. Um. So we will talk about that later. All right. Uh, so I brought something that I talked about way too long ago. This is a long time coming, and I feel kind of bad about that. Uh, so a while ago, I did the episodes on grains, and especially the one about base malt. And I made a 100% Munich 10 uh, ale. 
and so it's finally here. Uh, I do have the recipe pulled up, okay. and, and for some reason I have it doubled, so I'm going to be doing some quick math here. Uh, it was, for one gallon, it was two pounds of Munich 10, and then for the hops I had an eighth ounce of pearl at 60, and three-eighths at five minutes. All right, and style you were kind of shooting for? Just pale ale. Just a pale ale? Just okay. pale ale, yep. Uh, so I ended up with an original gravity of about 1050. It came all the way down to about 1010. Uh, it hit a little low on the IBUs, but I was using homegrown hops with an unknown AA factor. Okay. I got about 11 SRM, and it's probably right around 5%. Okay. So, and then... Uh, I didn't use American 1056. I th- I think I just used the Safe Halo 5. No, 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 no. 04. 04? Okay. 04. Yeah, because that was going to be a, a higher final gravity, and it was not going to taste like a Belgian. Um, I think your carb might be just a little off. Uh, it's only been carbing for about nine days. Oh, okay, okay. So it's it's still got some time left, yep. but I figured I wanted to try it on the show right Oh, for away. sure, yeah, yeah. Because I've, I've waited... I've made myself wait way too long for <laughs> for this. Um, that was solid pale ale. Um, hmm. I don't know if I like just all that malt. Yeah, uh, I there's I think it the, the malt a character little more, might be yeah a little overwhelming. Bitter. Yeah, it, it's interesting though. It's <laughs> interesting's the right word. Uh, I like it. Like I don't I don't not like it. So. I, I, I do think I'm picking up a little bit of off flavor. Um probably just in the fermenter too long. <laughs> it happens. It, it does. happens. Um We've all been there. Yeah. So well at least I know what one hundred percent Munich ale tastes like. Like this. Yes. Oh, I guess the other thing, we got the uh Cezanne that you were questionable about uh bottled up and I got to try that last night too. Oh, cool. And uh, it, it's actually pretty solid. Uh, it just kind of still tastes like an extract recipe. It's just it's missing something in the body, and that's, hops. No, it, <laughs> that wasn't it though. Like it's it's a pretty decent saison. It's very drinkable. That, and hopefully next week we'll have it on the show. All right. So we'll we'll talk more about it then. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, yeah. As for this beer. Um, I guess if I had to change anything, I'd add maybe like just add something else in there to yeah yeah to either just just change it up a little bit yeah um yeah it just seems kind of just one dimensional yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and then take it out of the fermenter in time <laughs> yep yep that would definitely be it but other than that that I think that's it but otherwise it's a solid beer I liked it yeah. um pearl do you taste the pearl Hang on. And the, uh, again, this was uh, whole leaf, whole leaf pearl, whole leaf pearl. Yep. Yeah, I taste the pearl. Yeah, I, I've always been a big fan of pearl, ever since. Uh, I, I don't remember what the brewery was. It was it was a local one, and they made a a, a lager with pearl hops. Hmm. It'll come don't back. Know. to me. Yeah, I don't know if they're still doing their thing anymore. It was a really small place. Okay. Um. So, I have things to talk about. Do you? Yes. Yes, I promise. Okay. No, so, last night, 
I was going through my magazines. Well, we didn't need to hear about your girly magazines. Right? No, these I don't know are, what that has to do with brewing. Well, these are my brewing magazines. Oh. Thank you very much. Brew your own. And one of the things I always keep meaning to do is looking up some of the stuff that I see in the advertisements. Okay. And so I finally just went and started looking up all the advertisements. All of them. All of them. And so I picked out some of the best ones and some of the ones that weren't obvious. Mm-hmm. Like ones that aren't uh, just general supply stores and one, you know. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Uh, and I found some really nifty things. Uh, so the first one is the Gropener. Have you ever heard of the Gropener? The Gropener. The Gropener. It th- sounds like a weird sex act. I'm not going to lie. It is not. <laughs> it is not. Uh, the Gropener is a creation of Mark Manger, an applied artist from Denver, Colorado. Inspired by the stick-and-screw openers Mark encountered in Africa in the 1990s. Like this one. Like that one. Yes, exactly. I looked at, I actually looked up uh, stick-and-screw, and that's and that's pretty much exactly what I well, got. Well, this one came from Africa. Uh, I got something more like this, though. Okay. Um, uh, but in the form that allows a bottle to be opened through the act of grabbing it. Uh, this beauty is made from aluminum and Oh, I've seen this thing U.S. Before. aluminum, yep, and comes in a variety of colors. It also boasts a strong magnet at the focal point that uh, holds the cap after you open it. Uh, so it's basically just like any other pry capper, except the pry part happens on the other side, and then it come, has a little hand grip. So you just squeeze it, it pops it off, you can set it down, and it takes the cap away with it, and you're good to go. Man, I don't, I don't know if I could justify... Uh, twenty bucks for okay. A be- to be a fair, opener. there's only one of them that costs twenty bucks. All the others are sixteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's uh, it's otherwise just sixteen dollars, um, but it's solid U.S. Okay, so the type aluminum. H is the what's so what's the difference between the type H and the uh, the other one? You know, that's the one thing I didn't look up. <laughs> well, we're gonna find out. Alrighty then. No, I thought um, it was a fantastic invention, and one of the things they did was they showed. Uh, a little video of a of a guy with only one arm doing it, uh, which makes a lot. Yeah, of sense. no, it's yeah, it like I guess I never thought like I always use two arms or two hands to open a beer. I don't, I don't think I've ever not had two. No, if I have two of, of these, wall mounted, psh, yeah, psh, you can double. Oh fist man, all day long. Edward Forty Hands just got that much easier. You're drinking forties these days. <laughs> yeah. 40s of what? Malt liquor. All the time. Colt 40? Yep. Down the hood. Oh, this is going to end well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the Type H says, extruded aluminum gropener with an industrial strength, scratch resistant, hard coat finish, and strong uh, neodymium magnet. Neodymium. Yeah. Well, and then the, the other one, the not just the regular $16 one. Aluminum gropener with colorful... Okay, so it doesn't have the scratch-resistant okay, hard coat. the scratch-resistant. Yep. So I, I thought that was a, a pretty nifty invention, and I totally want one, but it's hard to justify $16 to open a bottle of beer with one hand. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah. no, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then I found something Unless that... gropener wants to sponsor us, and then... Yeah. Ooh, send him an email. Right. <laughs> Shameless advertisement. Exactly. Uh, the man can. 
The man can? Have you ever heard of the man can? No. This is pretty much exactly what I've been wanting for a while. Oh, th- wait, this is, this is that Kickstarter... Uh, yes. Okay. Yep, I even have a bit on here about their Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, so the man can started in Michigan in, a, in the... Mich- excuse me, in the Michigan garage of Kevin Lemon, a civil engineer and home brewer, uh, unsatisfied with the structural integrity of the beer package available for the homebrew, Kevin decided to engineer his own. That was the day the Man Can 64 was born. This rugged stainless steel keg-style vessel caught the eye of Chris Muller at the 2014 Great American Beer Fest in Denver, and a partnership was formed. Kevin and Chris knew Man Can was the answer for for brewery fresh beer in your fridge and they couldn't wait to share it with the world. Uh so what the Man Can 64 is is it's a 64 ounce keg. Mm-hmm. Basically, it it's it looks like it has the same attachment as commercial like half barrels do. Okay. Uh but it otherwise looks like it also has an adapter for ballock disconnects. And uh in so and they will sell you a a tap system with it. So it's like when you buy it, you also get the the tap system, and it comes with little CO two cartridges and whatnot. Yeah, no, that's really cool looking. Um, and so right now, uh, they are like last year they made just a buttload of these things, and so they wanted to make the Man Can one twenty eight for a full gallon, uh, Man Can. And so they started up a Kickstarter. And right now, the funds on the Kickstarter, they've gotten over $321,000 from 1,600 people. It's insane. That is an insane Kickstarter, okay. if you ask me. Did you look it up? Yeah, uh, yeah 320 grand from 1,600 backers. Uh, but, so the Kickstarter is over. It is over? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. Rewards. Camp- oh, here it is. Campaign. Um, 320000 of the goal. Come on, tell me how much time is left. <laughs> uh, but right yeah, now, if, it's if, done. if you wanted the ManCan 64 with the tap system, that's uh, $125. That's not bad. No, it's not. And if you want uh, just extra ManCans by themselves, I think those are an extra $30. Uh, the Man Can 128 with the tap system runs $155. And as far as I can tell, they're not currently selling the Man Can without it. So yep. Just, yep. Uh, okay, here it is. Pre-orders. If you want to pre-order the Man Can. Let's see. Man Can Patch. Man Can Trucker Hat. Okay. Man Can, man can 128 with uh, with tap system is 155 Yep. Um, cool. Yeah, so I kind of want the ManCan 128. Yeah, and then, well, and it uses a proprietary, it looks like, re, or no, I guess it uses like CO2 cartridges. Yeah, I, I think uh, I like said the, that. Yeah, yeah, the 16 gram cartridges instead of the thing. Um, the original ManCan 64 is $30, just the can. Yeah. I think I said that too. Okay. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was, uh, oh, did you, did you say anything about the woman can? No, I did not. Ha ha! There is a Pink Boot Society Woman Can 64. It has pink on it. <laughs> and that is $30 as well. 
Nice. Oh, there's a groomsman can. Uh, it's six man cans for you and your friends. How much is that? 210 bucks. That's not bad at all. No, it's not. That's really not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a 10-pack of man cans oh, called Jesus. the Beer Geek. I like where this is going. Uh, 330 I don't like where this is going. <laughs> there's a limited edition man crate, uh, which is two man can 128s with Perlick tap system, uh, personalized laser, laser etched crate hat for four ninety five. Okay, I'm done with the man can because there's just a lot of man cans. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. The Vintable Bung. Have you heard of the, the Vintable, Vintable Bung? The Vintable Bung. The Vintable Bung. I, they pretty much only advertise themselves in reference to wine, but I don't see why you can't use it for beer as well. Vintable? If I could spell Vintable. You're, you're supposed cool. to guess first. Oh, uh, I'm assuming it's for... Like a reusable bung for casks, maybe? Uh, it is not. What it is is um, it's a bung that negates the use of an airlock. So the bung itself is its own little airlock of sorts. Uh, th- yeah. Uh, silicone. So it's made from silicone. Uh, it's highly stable for a very long-lasting bung with temperature range of negative 100 degrees to 400 degrees. You don't have to worry about cracking, chafing, mold, or mildew. Certified as compliant with the FDA, the bungs and stoppers are safe and designed for easy sterilization. Custom colors allow you to color code your barrels as well. Ooh. Uh, So what I found was the actual Vintable website, which was a wholesale uh, the Vintable website. website? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it says Vintable at the top, but it's, the way it's spaced, it looks like it's Vintable. Yeah, like I said, LLC. they advertise themselves primarily with wine. Uh, but And because it was a wholesale site, they didn't have their prices there. Mm-hmm. And so, in lieu of looking up other websites that might have it, I just kind of moved on. Makes um, sense. I, I don't imagine them being more than just a couple of dollars. Like yeah. Two. Two and a half. <clears throat> but I thought that was pretty nifty. It comes in uh, a variety of... All right. Uh, seven bucks setups. on Amazon. Wow. All righty then. Seven dollars for the Vintable Silicone Bung. Yep. So, But I guess you never need an airlock again. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like airlocks. Yeah, I buy a lot of them. Because they're cheap. <laughs> So, let's see. I think we're going to talk about the beer box. Have you heard of the beer box before? No, I have not. Before I look this one up. Uh, wait. Maybe. I, I think you might have. I think we is, is this the one that had the bags and you put the bags in and then like no. it serves beer? No? Then I have no idea. This one is, is effectively just a um, uh, rectangular shaped plastic beer keg. Set up. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. So it's a uh, two point seven five gallon container, about ten inches high by seven by sixteen, and made of sturdy food grade HDPE plastic. The beer box is a standard refrigerator. Or excuse me, fits in a standard refrigerator, making storing your homebrew easier than ever. The portability of the homebrew is simple. Just grab the ergonomical handle and head out the door. With your hose tap, hose tap adapter and tap, and yeah, so the idea is that it's just 
a very economical shape. Uh, it holds half a batch. And you can serve directly out of it. And you can serve directly out of it. And if you if you look at it, it looks like uh, you can just unscrew it and take it apart not in half. Not cheap. No, it's, it's, it's not. Um, for a... I, I think it's uh, a, a sale bit. You can get the standard beer box kit, which comes with two of them. Uh, one CO2 injector with five cartridges and one hose fitting setup for one ninety nine ninety on Northern Brewer. So flat rate shipping. Yeah, so uh, about two hundred bucks, and and you're set up for a full batch worth of beer. Yeah, which you know ultimately is not that bad. No, but how are you going to keep that? Like those are some big containers to keep cold. Like that's a lot of fridge They're... space. Well. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm like, and that's, that's. I'm just looking at. See, it's like they're they're about sixteen inches long, and then they're just ten by seven. Well, I no, yeah, okay, so it's yeah, ten. I mean, by it's decently compact. Nine point nine by six and a half, and then sixteen. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like, it's it's not much bigger. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I'm just looking for flaws in things. Yeah, so it, it's pretty solid if you ask me. Um... I could easily get one of those, and I could use my mash tun for two-gallon batches, and this would be, like, a perfect setup. Yeah. Well, and what do you think of the longevity of these? Because I know I, like, with my uh, buckets and stuff, I have to replace them every year. It is. It's sturdy and a lot thicker than than the average bucket. So they didn't well, give me any dimensions, but they said it's it, uh, the HDPE plastic. Yeah, but even that, like, I'm not, I'm not replacing the buckets because they're... Uh, you know, like, not sturdy or anything. The thing is, like, through just regular use and cleaning, the buckets will get scratches on the inside sure. and stuff like that. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't read any reviews. Maybe that was my mistake. I, I And, again, that's just a question that I have. Uh, this one uh, has a one star uh, busted at the seams. Uh, that sounds like it may have been his fault. If he didn't, maybe he tried to put too much CO two. in He put too much CO two yeah. in it. Well, you can't give something a bad review because you used it wrong. That's like saying, "Oh no, I broke this glass. Why did you give me a broken glass?" Uh, with, all right. So he checked the pressure every other day to ensure that it would not go over the recommended max psi of fifteen, which is a lot. That's a lot. Um, and it still cracked down the seam in the back, allowing the majority of the beer to leak all over my floor. I don't know anyone who wants to lose two and a half gallons of good homebrew. This was by far one of the worst purchases I have made, yada, yada, yada. Everyone else, four stars. So he he's the one bad review and everyone else really likes it. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, the Brew Jacket. Have you ever heard of this? Ooh, is this a cooler heater for your fermenter? Yes. Hey! Except it's not the heater part. It's just the cooler. Okay. Uh, So this is primarily for uh, fermentation with lagers. That's the big thing that they want to get across. Uh, So it is the Brew Jacket Immersion, the world's first all-in-one fermentation temperature control system. This gives you the ability to make home-brewed lagers and ales you have... Excuse me. Uh, the best homebrewed lagers and ales you have ever created without sacrificing space to the refrigerator. Uh, it's basically a small AC that sits on 
atop a rod that gets immersed into your That is uh, really vessel. cool. Yeah. So it looks fantastic. And I Do you figured, have a price point? Uh, I'll get to that in okay. just a moment. This is something that you you would appreciate. At the heart of the immersion is a patent-pending solid-state cooling system. Solid-state cooling technology relies on dissimilar metals joined in circuit with a, within a microchip. When an electrical current is passed through the metals, heat is moved. The result is an instantaneous transfer of an enormous amount of heat. Very cool. Yeah, so I figured that would, you know, get a little close to home to well, you. Well, yeah, and, like, if if this is a reasonable, reasonably priced for, like, two of them, I could get rid of my fermentation can- yeah, chamber, yep. and that'd just free up a lot of space. Yep, uh, so it comes with the unit itself, a jacket, and then all the fittings and a power supply. Uh, and the price is, take a guess. 150 299 299 okay, 300 bucks. Yeah, so it the rod itself is like anodized something. Um, it comes with a, I believe, a universal bung. The rod itself is, is I think they said an inch and a half wide. So mm-hmm. just, just barely smaller than most carboy openings. Yeah. Yeah, rod diameter is an inch and a half, and yep. then it's 18 inches long. Yep. And so it just sits like a little AC box on the top, and then you plug it into a wall. You put it in a jacket. It looks nice. Has a blow-off, too? Yep. Like it, there's there's no part about this that doesn't look fantastic. Yeah, no, that is really cool. And so it's got me thinking about how I can make a, uh, a janky home variant of it on a on a budget. You will burn down the house. I will burn down the house. <laughs> no, actually, about the uh, about all I've come up with is trying to somehow get some copper coils in there, and then just running cold water through it using my control box, and and seeing how well that works. I don't know how well it would. I just I don't know if it has the surface area for it. Yeah. But uh, that's what was coming to mind. It looks fantastic. I totally wish I had one. I want one now too, but I don't have three hundred dollars. I want one. <laughs> Are you thinking about it? I don't. Uh, maybe next year. Okay. When, like I, I budget certain things for homebrew every year, so I don't. Otherwise, I'll just spend all of my money on beer. <laughs> uh, the last big thing I wanted to talk about was the EBC system. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Uh, so hey, let, let me let me guess. Electronic beer controller, cooler controller. I don't know, but I would be guessing along the exact same thing. So I'm, okay. I'm guessing the ele- the electronic beer control. Uh, so it's at the highgravitybrew.com if you want to look it up real quick. Uh, have you heard of this? This is basically the control box I made, but on steroids, and then at the added benefits of an entirely customized homebrew setup to go with it. Really? Yes. Uh, so they they give they have three different versions. There's like the EBC, the EBC three, and then the EBC three D, and each one is just like a better version of the other. Uh, and I think they range anywhere from. Four hundred to a thousand dollars for the control box for the control boxes alone. Electric brewery controller. Electric brewery controller. Yep, that's very cool. Um, and if you if you go into their store, what they will do is is it will give you an 
a 100% entirely customized homebrewing setup. Very cool. Yes. And so what I did was I went through and I did a, a price check on upgrading your system to the EBC system. Okay. Uh, with all of the nuts and with all of the bells and whistles, so yep. this would be like the Ferrari of a homebrew system for your ten gallon batches. Under five grand. Under five grand. Under five grand. Okay, so what <laughs> what I got for you uh, would be a top tier stand with uh, two pumps with mounting brackets and a utility okay. shelf. Okay. You'd get the EBC 3D with power supply. You would get three 15 gallon boiler makers for the hot liquor tank, mash tun, Whoa. and the boiler. Uh huh. Uh, you would have for each one. You would have boil coils as heating elements, uh, and you would have a Herms package with an auto sparge, and then a Sheeran wort chiller. I don't want to know the number. Yes, you do actually. Really? Take it. So you said under five thousand. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna guess two grand, twenty five hundred, something no, like that. No, uh, grand total would be thirty nine seventy nine seventeen. That's a big number. It is a big number, but it is less than the 5000 you were saying. It is. Uh, and then also keep in mind that they drill all of the holes for you and stuff like that. So, like, this is it just... Brewery package for dummies. Yeah. So, all you have to do is piece it together. I watched their video on, on them using it, and it's... Pretty pre- slick. It's pretty slick. They yeah. they got some good, good things going on. Uh, if you wanted to try and bare bones, you know, get, get a... Mm-hmm. Or, uh, because I, I also did that. I kind of downgraded some of the stuff. Um, trying trying to work with only one pump. Uh, you can nix one of the heating elements by having uh, an immersion heat exchange set up that also works with the pump system, which is actually pretty clever if you ask me. Um, by cutting some of that extra stuff out, uh, you can get the cost to down to 2500 so you okay. can so you can save fifteen hundred dollars doing it that way too, and that would still be getting your fifteen gallon boiler makers and and Jesus. whatnot. Yeah, so I thought that was really freaking cool. They just have like a checklist going all the way down. You're like, I want all the things. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and they will they will customize up to like fifty five gallon batches. <laughs> yeah, I did not look at that because I did not feel like passing out. <laughs> right. Um. But with those bigger pots, also comes extra heating elements, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it it's it's pretty pretty nifty. Yeah, I I thought that was really really cool. It's um if if you end up going to it, it's just literally a big checklist. They basically say, so you need this thing. What option do you want to fill it with? And then when you check it, it's got a running total that actually updates automatically every time you change something. Jesus. Yeah. Well, guys, I think uh, that's a good spot for us to uh, stop and dream about new beautiful <laughs> brew systems. So, how many how many years do you need to save up four thousand uh, dollars? I wanna. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this show or any of our other shows and you'd like to support us, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/BlindNinjaStudios and become a patron today, or you can click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage. Um, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head on over to BlindNewsStudios.com and click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the page. Uh, then do your Amazon shopping as normal, and Amazon throws us a little bit of uh, scratch for sending you uh, their way. Because we know that you weren't going to go to Amazon without us. And uh, if you'd like a BNS store or a shirt to uh, you know show your Blind Ninja pride and be 30% cooler, 
Guaranteed. Uh, head on over to store.blindnessstudios.com or click on the store link on our homepage uh, and buy your shirt today. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindinstudios.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindinstudios. Or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.